Welcome to The Breakdown with Brad Corp and Becky, a weekly podcast that breaks down politics, policy, and current affairs. I'm Becky Sher, And I'm Michael Broadcorp. We are bringing you a yet another bonus episode today to discuss a hot topic here in Minnesota, and that is the new law hamstringing Minnesota school resource officers. Today, we are joined by Senator Zach Duckworth and Representative Jeff Witte. Senator Duckworth is serving his second term and represents the Lakeville area. Representative Woody has just finished his first session and works with Senator Duckworth on behalf of the people of Lakeville. We are going to start by breaking down the change in law and subsequent action by law enforcement pulling out of schools. We are then going to discuss the real-world implications we are seeing in our schools without resource officers. Then we are going to end with a breakdown of Governor Walls' recent wavering on a special session and whether this law may be changed or not. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Well, thank you both for joining us today. I want to kick things off with maybe just a little explanation of what the change in law here regarding school resource officers actually was. Senator Duckworth, I know that you spoke in committee um, about this legislation, but if you could maybe just break down what the change actually means and and how it kind of came about. Sure. Uh, Back in February, when we had the bill before us in committee, I kind of raised a couple concerns and just said, hey, I'm looking at the language. Has anybody actually talked with law enforcement or schools or school resource officers to see how this might impact what they do on a daily basis uh, regarding a prone restraint or anything else that a, a school resource officer might do when they're trying to break up a fight or something like that to keep people safe? Long story short, fast forward to the law actually taking effect and departments realizing it and saying, hey, there's there's a lack of clarity here. Uh, we don't feel comfortable necessarily with school resource officers in the buildings, even though we want to help keep uh, kids, teachers, and schools safe. And that's kind of why we find ourselves in the predicament we have today. And now when you when it was up in committee, when it was at the legislation uh, legislature during the legislative session, was there did you feel your concerns were accepted, acknowledged at all? were 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 the majority? Was the majority at all willing to hear you bring in um, maybe uh, different SROs or police departments to to flesh this out at all? You know, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I I I, try, I don't like to be a whiner or a complainer. So, and I'm pretty cordial, uh, believe it or not, with folks uh, on the committee on both sides of the aisle. I brought it forward and uh, was hoping that the department, meaning the Minnesota Department of Education, and maybe the bill author or governor's office, would follow up and actually do that as part of the due diligence of introducing a potential new law before it actually takes effect. But honestly, I think a a huge oversight occurred on the part of many folks in the fact that this bill shouldn't have just been in the education committee. It should have went to public safety and judiciary where this would have got ironed out, would have been put on police's radar almost immediately. And these conversations would have taken place well before this became law. Now, Representative Woody, you are formerly a police officer yourself, um, and you mentioned prior to the show that you you served as a school resource officer. Can you speak a little bit, you know, from your experience, what experience you had being an SRO, and and what from your experience this law truly means to to the officers in our schools and the schools as a whole? Yes, um, I had the, the great opportunity to serve as a school resource officer, and. That job was uh, very important because you are a guest in the school and you want to make sure that everyone, that we can um, prevent, deter, or stop any um, incident or uh, critical incident from happening in that school. Um, But the biggest thing that when I was a school resource officer that I found out very quickly, it's built on relationships. Um, Relationships with your students, with your teachers, staff, they bring you information. 
you're also a resource for um, administration. Uh, I, I built relationships with our school nurse, school psychologist. At the time, we had a, a school probation officer and was with attendance. Um, uh, just a bunch of different people at councils. But also, like I said, you're there to protect the students um, so they can learn. They can be in a safe environment. Um, and throughout this, uh, they, they get to see you and you get to know them and you're building trust both ways, not only with the teachers and staff, but the students. And that was the most powerful one. And, and I shared this story when uh, this all kind of came about at the press conference. When I was there, um, there's a kid who, um, Darnell, was involved in a game. And, and he was a great football player. And his hope was to go play football. But he had a, a family history of um, parents, uncles being in the game. So that was going to be very tough for him. Um, thank God Darnell loved candy. He came into my office, ate the candy. And he would tell me where the issues were. So he didn't have to worry and get involved. And he could just be a student and concentrate on football. I would show up. The kids thought, oh, uh, what's going on? Superman is showing up at all these spots. But it was because we developed that trust. Um, a police officer with a gang member, a uh, police officer with a high school student. And um, he wanted his school to be safe. And that showed the character of him, too. So I do know that this new law um, uh, is confusing for law enforcement. They're, uh, they want to do the right thing and keep our schools safe. But then also, they also kind of have their uh, officers um, safe. And this is just not school resource officers. This is also our contracted overtime officers that work your sporting events, events like football games, basketball games. Um, and you basically have 60906, which is our, which is our state statutes that govern us on uh, use of force. And now you created one in a different area and it's, really confusing because if you're in one wearing one type of uniform for a certain job you can't do it and i think that's what law enforcement is talking now do you think it, in that story you just mentioned um the relationship that you built with darnell do you think had there been no officers in school that type of relationship between darnell and uh, police officers patrolling the streets would have been likely or, or do you think that that was a t specific type of relationship because you were in the school where he was every day when I was in the school, we uh, we got to see each other, we got to know each other, we got to have conversations that probably we wouldn't have had on the streets. And uh, I really appreciated that. And he wasn't the only one. There was many kids that would stop in and tell me things. If they were having troubles at home, if they are having this struggles themselves. And back then, um, Columbine happened. So we're trying to protect our students. And um, the well, the other part of all this is, is um, with mental health, health right now, we're seeing it skyrocket. And that is another resource for when we're moving out of the school for um, teachers, administrators, um, uh, school psychologists. And we can help with that also with our skills and training. Unfortunately, in the lead up to schools starting, we've heard of a number of law enforcement agencies that were pulling their school resource officers out of schools. Is it fair to say that kids are more at risk today because of this bill and that we have a, a reduction in school resource officers across the state specifically because of this legislation? You know, Michael, I'd say um, if you ask just uh, any Minnesotan to apply some common sense, 
they would say, absolutely. If if before we had a school resource officer in a building and now we don't, of course, that building is less safe. And that's why we've got moms and dads and teachers and school administrators and law enforcement fired up uh, as it relates to this issue. And it keeps trying to be minimized. First, it was, oh, it's a handful or it's 12. Well, now the list has grown to 40 or more different school buildings. And they like to say, oh, well, you know, it's only about a third of schools that had them before that don't anymore. I don't care. If you look at a high school, when it comes to the student population and staff, you're looking at anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 people. Magnify that uh, across 40 buildings or more. We're talking about thousands of Minnesotans in these school buildings who are far less safe than they were just last school year. And that's the issue that we're trying to resolve. And we're trying to do it in a bipartisan way. I live in Egan. My kids go to Egan area schools and law enforcement put out a message on the first day of school, letting them know that school resource officers were there. A bit unusual that they haven't done it in the past, but my understanding is a number of law enforcement agencies across the state have received phone calls from concerns parents wanting to make sure that they have school resource officers in the school and also school staff are receiving a lot of calls. And so there is widespread concern about this issue. And I, and I don't think it's a on, just on Democrats or Republicans. I think it's on both sides that are raising awareness on this. And as someone who lives in the suburbs, as all of us, I think, on this call do, uh, this is a, an important issue all across the state. But I certainly know in the suburbs, it's a real concern right now. And there's been a number of conversations I've had with parents independent of their political ideology about the concerns that we have about this legislation and school safety. Uh, Mike, what I was going to uh, say is um, uh, the Egan Police Chief used to be a, a former school resource officer that I worked with. And I think that's an area where, like I said, I got promoted out of there, a lot of um, police chiefs. So he knows the importance of that. He knows he's balancing um, some of the issues that can happen to his officers but he's also balancing the need for relationships on what's going on right now. And the interesting thing is they were at a few schools right when uh, they were just before school, but even after um, Attorney General Ellison gave his um, kind of clarification, uh, more police departments pulled because the, um, they do not believe it, uh, it, it clarified it. Um, the, their request is simple add clarity to the law so the SROs can return to the schools and uh, prevent others uh, from pulling out. And even in uh, Ellison's opinion, he says this is something that needs to come back to the legislation to, to get worked out. Um, so I find that interesting that the police departments have gone after the clarification part. That's a good point. So I do want to get into that. But before we get into uh, Governor Walls and Ellison, um, I do want to just hit on, um, I, I don't know if you guys saw, I saw over the, the weekend, um, I know the Minnesota House GOP tweeted some videos, but there was a pretty violent, aggressive fight at Mankato East High School um, last week. Mankato East High School does not have SROs currently. I want to read a quick statement that the Mankato Area Public School Board put out. Um, they um, put out a statement asking for clarity. They said, from building strong relationships with relationships with students to ensuring their safety, school resource officers play an invaluable role in our schools. It is imperative that our lawmakers act immediately to provide the clarity necessary for our SROs to return to our school buildings. The safety of our students must rise above politics. And I think that last line is really telling of what we're talking about here. It is not Republican versus Democrat, though, of course, it is. It is, but it, it shouldn't be. It, it should be about our students. We're not grandstanding on this. We really care about our students. We care about their safety, our teachers. 
There's already a lot of things that are going on in our schools that teachers and students have to deal with. Um, whether they are safe from day to day should not be one of them. So, um, I mean, if, as SRO, uh, Jeff, do you have any insight on, you know, what that looked like and, and how at SRO being there probably could have circumvented that? Certainly. Uh, obviously, parents, moms and dads um, count on us to safeguard their children. Um, the urgency is real. Um, in that situation, uh, you might have gotten uh, a tip that something was going to be brewing. You could have been in that area and prevented that, uh, maybe deterred it by talking to people uh, ahead of time. Um, you would obviously have a feel of what's going on in that school. But even if that didn't happen, um, really, uh, seconds, minutes count is you're trying to respond to that. And the school resource officer knows exactly where that fight is happening. Officers coming from off the streets, there's going to be a delay because they're going to have to figure out where that spot is in the school. And then once they get there, how do they uh, diffuse it? Because they're not going to have that personal relationship with those students in staff. So I do think it's a, a, a really big deal. And it's an unfortunate incident. It's an ugly incident um, that I, you know, uh, I hope we don't see any more of those. And what does it mean for for teachers, I mean, if teachers have to be the ones that intervene and, and try to stop something like that, they're not trained. They don't have, you know, the means and capability to to diffuse a situation like a SRL would. And I feel like that puts our teachers or administrators in a sticky situation from potentially getting themselves in more trouble from doing something incorrectly or inappropriately. I, I do agree that um, you're putting more on teachers. You're, you're wearing an extra hat that cannot um, uh, teach our students. And our kids don't feel safe in schools. And so their learning environment is kind of putting pressure on them. The other part of this law, we've talked about SROs, we've talked about contracted overtime, but it does apply to teachers, principals, bus drivers, uh, football referees, and because um, they're contracted out with the district. So um, I think there's a lot of unattended consequences of what they're trying to do. And as uh, um, Senator Duckworth said, we can uh, do a bipartisan to fix this, but the urgency is real. I want to I pick up on that um, where Jeff left off in terms of the bipartisan aspect of this. You know, we, we had a press conference. Uh, Jeff and I were both there, and uh, neither of us took swings. At the Democrats, neither of us took swings at the governor. We simply said, hey, this has been raised as an issue. We even we even said both Republicans and Democrats want to ensure our kids and schools are safe. Let's work together and let's fix this. There was nothing political about it because I know Jeff and I both believe in not politicizing the safety of kids in schools. It's the wrong thing to do, yet here we are. So he and I have been very purposeful about this. You've got a former police officer and school resource officer. You've got a, a firefighter and veteran. We know what it's like to serve. We know what it's like to rush to emergency situations. We know that seconds matter in life or death situations or from preventing a situation from escalating and getting out of control. That's what we're trying to do. And you know, initially we said this needs to happen before school starts again. And had we done that, then there are certain instances that have already played out in our schools that may not have happened again. And just to be clear for folks that are listening to this, the high school that you referenced, uh, part of their uh, the letter they put out, people need to understand they had school resource officers before, and as a result of the law, no longer do. And that's why they're pleading, they're begging, they're pleading with us as a legislature and the governor 
to make the fix and to do it now. It's unacceptable to wait six months or more for us to be back in session to handle this when we could have a special session next week and get it done. That's what folks are fired up about. One more thing. Um, I learned a very powerful statement that uh, kids were asked on the Minnesota student uh, survey that 90 plus percent of our kids in several our seven county metro area want SROs in their school. Wow. It's 90 plus percent want SROs in their school. They feel comfortable, they feel safe, um, and it helps them uh, in their learning environment. So I'm glad uh, Jeff brought that up because what's interesting is as this conversation has evolved, people have wanted to start pointing toward metrics or data points. Well, the first data point or metric I'll point to is one that was shared by the governor during an interview during the state fair when he said, He's not aware of any incident in state history where a school resource officer has been accused of or brought up on charges for using excessive force, which begs the question, then why the law? The other statistic we saw was uh, school resource officers have shown to decrease violent incidents in schools by 30%, right? So we don't have any data showing us that this is a problem, and we do have data showing us that it solves uh, school violence. So I don't understand why we're running into a brick wall continuously in repealing this and getting these folks back in buildings to keep uh, our, our kids safe. You both participated in a press conference last week and I watched the press conference. It was very civil tone. You were you, There was no partisan bomb throwing, which is very common at the legislature on both sides. There's partisan bomb throwing. It's a partisan legislature. But the tone was very, let's work in a collaborative way. Let's work in a bipartisan way. Here we are almost a week later, and I think a lot of people left that press conference and, and based on some of the governor's remarks was that it was trending towards a special session. But now it's clear based on his remarks, that's not his intention to call a special session. Your thoughts as to why we're here now with no special session called and the likelihood that a solution to this could be six six months down the road. I think we're in the situation we're in now because despite our best efforts to keep this from becoming political, um, I think folks saw an opportunity, either that or they just uh, uh, don't want police officers in schools, period, and they've tried to seize upon it. The best example I can give you is this, Michael, Um, and I've said this repeatedly, you know, we aren't saying that Democrats purposely want our schools to be unsafe. Uh, And, you know, we've got folks that are, you know, potentially saying Republicans and law enforcement want to harm kids. Neither of those things are true. And all that does is distract from the issue at hand, what we're trying to solve here. And so, um, you know, folks keep wanting to say, you know, when it comes to choke colds or, or what have you, you know, we just want to harm children. That couldn't be further from the truth. I think everybody knows that. That's just absurd. And when you look at the the law that was passed by the legislature just a couple of years ago, it bans chokeholds. So the folks that are perpetuating that misinformation are doing so in a very disingenuous manner. And that is the sort of element that makes it political. If we could stick to the facts and truly try to find a way forward to fix this for people, I think we could have a much better conversation and actually find a solution rather than you know folks just trying to take some political pot shots. And I, I was giving the governor a, a little bit of credit at first because it seemed like a, you know at first he came out and said, I don't think we need one. And then he started coming around and he said, well, maybe those folks are right. If we need to call a special session to clarify, let's do it. And then I think what you saw was what we all knew with the holdup was a certain set of Democrats in the House came out pretty boisterously, uh, in my opinion, really decided to, to ramp up the political rhetoric 
regarding the issue, then all of a sudden he backed away. And, uh, and, and I think also made some statements that weren't necessarily accurate in terms of, oh, clarity has been found. The schools and law enforcement have what they need. Folks, that's not true. That is a, either either he's uh, misinformed or I, I don't want to accuse somebody of lying, but that's not accurate at all. You know, actually, to that point, um, there's 40 legislators that came out out of 201. We have enough people here that can come together. And when we held that press conference, um, our purpose was to find a solution and to do it in a bipartisan uh, manner um, before the school uh, happened. Um, I know it's been talked about the solution the governor is talking about is um, with the insurance part. This isn't about insurance. This is about uh, the civil liabilities and the charging and uh, the confusion. And those that have their officers in there are still need are asking for clarity. I just saw it this weekend, uh, police chief um, uh, saying it's it's the quest, request is simple. We need clarity to this law, um, and we should be able to do that on a bipartisan. Um, solution that helps all of our stakeholders and keeps our kids and schools safe. I do want to give a shout out to one Democrat in particular. Uh, Congressman Dean Phillips put out a tweet yesterday that says, well-trained school resource officers are integral to the safety of students, teachers, and staff and provide mentorship and build trust in our schools. I encourage lawmakers to work together with law enforcement to ensure kids are safe and officers can do their jobs. Do you think something like that will help move the needle when any Democrats over get get his old uh, colleague, Governor Walls, uh, to reconsider? Well, I think that statement will certainly help Congressman Phillips. I think he's smart. <laughs> I think he knows where most people are on this issue. Um, and here's the deal. I, I retweeted that. I appreciate him wading into it. It, it stops a little bit short of, of saying we should have a special session to fix this. But if you read between the lines, I think uh, I could probably guess where, where he stands on that. And that's that's really the issue at hand right now. Our, our are folks going to step up, lead, and put what's best for the state of Minnesota, our kids, teachers, and schools at the forefront of what we're supposed to be doing as elected officials? Or are we going to ignore folks who are demanding some clarity here and asking for us to actually do our jobs as legislators? And I think, unfortunately, we've been down this road before. We've seen elected officials in this state kind of bury their head in the sand and ignore emergencies in the past, and the results haven't been good. And unfortunately, on Friday, we saw the result of that again in Mankato. For the governor to say, we found a solution, we've got clarity on Friday, and then for us to have uh, a high school in Mankato tell us today on Sunday that they, they need clarity and want a special session, clearly the clarity is not there. And uh, I get personally a little frustrated when the public uh, continues to be misinformed about where the issue stands. Um, for folks, uh, for folks out there that think that somehow a solution's been found, it, it's simply not the case, and you're going to see us continue to to beat the drum and try to find a way to to push this forward. If the governor were to call a special session, how long do you think it would take to resolve this issue? That's a great question because at the press conference, one of the things that uh, Zach and I were able to achieve was we got a letter from um, uh, Leader Johnson and Leader Damon that said we will focus narrowly on this issue only. And we thought it could be a very quick and easy fix to this uh, issue. Yeah. I, I don't know what the record is for shortest special session, but we could probably set it when it comes to this. 
I mean, and typically just for for listeners who are unaware, the governor can call the special session, but it's up to the leaders to then close the special session. So with having a single party rule, one conceivably believes that the Democrats, you know, should be able to, it's not like Republicans could, you know, make this a political thing and just do all sorts of fun, funny business here. This, this should be an open shut deal. Have you guys spoken with any of your Democrat colleagues? Do you know if Republicans come on board, are there enough Democrats willing? Do you think that if a special session was called and let's say pretend the governor's not in Japan and, and a special session would come in next week, little zing there. Um, do you think that it, it would it would pass a, a repeal or a fix to this law would pass? I think if we were forced, to, uh, I think if every legislator was forced to vote on it right now, I think it would pass. Um, I have had some conversations with colleagues. Um, I've sent them language. Um, I've spoken, well, I should say, I've uh, emailed, exchanged with uh, Senator Kerry Dietzik and just in, sent my encouragement and said, hey, I appreciate any work you're doing on your end. Let me know how I can help. This is really important. Um, and, you know, the letter came out, and I, what was the statistic? 40 some percent of Democrat legislators were against it. Well, that means maybe roughly 60% or maybe slightly less than 60% uh, might be open to it. And I, I was no math whiz, but uh, 100% of Republicans plus 60-some percent of <laughs> Democrats could get this thing done pretty quickly. And here's the deal. That's what Minnesotans expect. It's so common sense. A majority of legislators are on board with this. And what I've said before is, let's just pass a fix. That doesn't mean we can't discuss it in more in depth come next session. We can we can have all kinds of hearings and get all the input from the public that we should have and from stakeholders that we should have before this became law. I think many people admit that this wasn't done the right way. So let's just do a quick reset, get these folks back, and we can have the conversation come February, March of next year if there are some things that we need to dive into as it relates to school safety, school resource officers, and student safety. The, the other part is I've had conversations too, and I do think there is support. Uh, but you know that silence is complicit and we need to have uh, the conversation. And uh, that's what... Uh, Minnesotans are expecting us to govern responsibly. Moms and dads are counting on us to safeguard their children. The urgency is real. It's unacceptable. And parents uh, have to wait uh, for this legislation for six months or more to address this issue. And this is the other interesting thing. Zach and I went in with a repealer hoping to reset this and have the, the proper conversations and through the different committees with the stakeholders and uh, discuss this. Um, that isn't uh, a fix in uh, some 40 Democrats' eyes, but also law enforcement has brought some language forward that they can agree to this. And I know Zach and I have other language that we have presented, and I know some of it got presented. For, so there is opportunities. When we started this whole thing, we are looking for a solution to keep our uh, schools and, and kids safe. The... Reality, though, is that since this issue came about, it hasn't gotten any better. We've seen more law enforcement agencies remove their SROs from schools. We've had more school districts ask for clarity. We've seen incidents largely posted on social media of disturbances, fights, and disagreements happening in schools. At the same time, it's the governor... Not, not, not to be overly partisan here, but it's the governor who has said there's not a need for clarity. There's this kind of opinion from the attorney general that there's not a need for this type of change. It seems that there's a real disconnect between what some elected leaders are saying about this issue and what's happening with law enforcement and at schools 
and with the concerns that parents have on both sides of the aisle. Is that a fair way to describe it? Yeah, I, I would say it's a willful disconnect at this point. You know, before I was willing to give some people the benefit of the doubt, but now they're just uh, they're simply ignoring or, or saying what it is they want to say. And here's what I'll tell you: the governor on Friday basically said no special session. Then I'm doing an interview later discussing this with uh, the majority leader, Representative Long, who you know I respect. Well, he says, well, no, no, the governor didn't quite say no to a special session. So nobody knows what's going on. They're sending so many mixed signals on this because they know what the right thing to do is. But for whatever reason, they're choosing to delay it because they can't get their own house in order. And here's the deal. I'm not overly partisan. I don't like to point fingers, but I've been patient. We've tried to approach this the best way possible, collaborate, hand extended. It's been slapped away several times now. Uh, if we don't make it a priority, and if we don't keep continuing to drive this point home, then our kids are going to go the entire school year and, and, and maybe uh, into perpetuity without school resource officers returning to their buildings. And I tell you what, if that's the case, we will have failed the people of Minnesota dramatically and we'll have failed the people that we're supposed to protect the most or most vulnerable, our kids. And that's unacceptable. In my book, I know it's unacceptable to the people of Minnesota. And, you know, the governor himself said, uh, uh, I think a week ago, uh, finding the middle ground shouldn't be all that difficult, and we need to do the right thing. And he's the only one who can call a special session and do what's right for all Minnesotans and our kids. And we shouldn't be um, politicizing this. And um, the clarity is not there, and it's only going to continue to get worse, um, especially when uh, the Attorney General needs to go out and have individual conversations after he did a, a general uh, piece. So that's the part that I think is the big disconnect. They're not understanding that law enforcement, uh, schools, superintendents don't understand this language. And I think that's by design to some degree, because um, I think then it uh, it's tough to focus in on what the true issue is. But um, I hope we get the, the special session because I think uh, we can find a bipartisan solution. One last comment I wanted to make is I did read um, end of last week, I believe uh, the Star Tribune editorial board even came out and, and said that there needs to be a special special session on SROs. And I always think um, when Democrats lose the Star Tribune, I, I mean, I, I think that's telling. I think it is a compelling thing for them to come out and say. Um, and so I, I was surprised about that, wanted to mention that. Um, but before we close out today... Is there anything, if if listeners feel compelled to voice their opinions on this, come out in support of SROs, what can they do? Should they write their legislators? Should they write a letter to the editor? Is there anything that parents can do to to voice their con or concerns and support for fixing this issue? Uh, well, here's what I say. What I'll say, and I appreciate you bringing up the the Star Trib because they actually came out with two different letters that supported us, and I I thought I obviously must be dreaming because that never happened. <laughs> I, I became a little more hopeful. I said, "Wow, if they're even uh, able to see the need for this and how common sense it is, maybe we will make some progress." Um, but I'll tell uh, tell you what I've been telling all the moms and dads that have been reaching out to me about this is. Um, obviously, you have to contact your uh, elected officials, your representatives, your senators. Get them on the record. They don't. They don't. They can't stay silent on this one. Talk to your school boards. Encourage them. Encourage your local police. Uh, you have to get in touch with the governor's office. And at the end of the day, um, you know we might have to look at a gathering at the Capitol at some point. Uh, so I, I think the 
the groundswell of this is huge. It's only getting worse as we're back in school and incidents are happening and people are feeling the loss of having those school resource officers there. Um, and that we, we have to continue to keep the pressure up if we're going to get this fixed. Yeah, I echo what uh, Zach says. And uh, we just need to do what the right thing is here um, sooner than later and, uh, and not wait. And I think uh, uh, parents... Uh, are really concerned about the safety of their kids. I think students are, are concerned. I think teachers are too. It, well, well, one on. last thing, if I can, Michael, you know, we, I've been on a, a former school board member. I sit on the education committees in the legislature and a half for a couple of years now. And when you look at this holistically, uh, I don't understand why they are approaching this issue the way that they are, right? Uh, first off, we Republicans, we support our public schools. We want to see them succeed despite what's often said sometimes, of course. Uh, but here's the deal. It, it, it breaks my heart when I see enrollment in public schools declining, when I hear about an increase in behavioral issues, when I hear about an increase in mental health issues, and when I see the kind of reports that came out regarding the academics of our students. You know, we talk about all these resources that we want to pour into our schools to help our students. And then in this instance, we're going to pull out one of the most effective resources that we've got. It doesn't make any sense. All we're doing is giving parents more and more reason and justification to consider pulling their kids out of our public schools. And that's the last thing that we want. So if they truly want to solve some of these problems and help our public school system in general, this has to be made a priority. And I don't understand why they would double down on something that's so counterproductive to everything they say they're trying to accomplish when it comes to our public schools, our teachers, and our kids. And, you know, the one part is, is this method of school resource officers been, has been in effect for over 30 years for some school districts. And that relationship with the police departments and the schools and their community is very strong. And uh, if you want to sever it, sever it at the local level, but we shouldn't be putting the pressure in uh, where ones that really do want to. And uh, so, like I said, I hope we find that solution because this has been a good method for many years in Minnesota. I want to thank you before Becky closes. I just want to thank you both for joining us tonight. I want to thank you also for being so thoughtful and working in a bipartisan collaborative way to get a solution out there for parents like me who've got kids in the school system and want them to be safe. But thank you so much for your thoughtfulness and your care, your willingness to reach across party lines to get a solution on this. And I hope you get a side that wants to grab your hand and work in a bipartisan way because it's really what we need right now. But I want to thank you two gentlemen for leading that effort. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. And I just want to echo that, um, you know, this is a bonus episode. This has obviously been bubbling up over the last couple of days and we found it, uh, that it was important for us to shed some light and we really appreciate you guys being advocates on behalf of this issue and, and coming here, you know, on a Sunday evening to, to chat with us. I know, Football's on, family night, so we really appreciate it. Um, before we close out, where can folks find you? Is there a website, social media, Twitter handle that you want to plug where people can maybe uh, or sign up for your newsletter to keep up with this and, and other issues that you guys are working on? Uh, against my better judgment, I guess I'll put my Twitter handle out there. <laughs> it's just or X. Yeah, or X. I'm sorry, excuse me. It's <laughs> just uh, Zach Duckworth. If you, you can find me on there pretty easily. And I don't have Twitter. And uh, smart I do, man, smart man. <laughs> I do appreciate um, you guys um, shedding light on it. It's been three weeks, and to have this in the news site, you guys know, is very important. But uh, no, this was a, um, a good conversation, and I appreciate it. And hopefully, it, uh, your listeners 
will get involved because the more we do that, the better um, we can work together to find a solution. Well, thank you much. And we hope to have you on again soon. Good luck with everything. And we'll certainly be paying attention. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We want to thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Breakdown with Broadcom and Becky. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the platform where you listen. You can also leave a review on our website at bbbreakpod.com. The Breakdown with Broadcom and Becky will return this week with a new episode. Thank you again for joining us.